Welcome to Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. My name is Michael Tumlin, and I'm a graphic designer, videographer, and creative looking to learn as much as I can in all creative industries. Every week, I sit down with different creatives to hear their stories, their processes, and learn how to be a better creative. This show is full of real conversations with real creatives, bringing you real advice as you navigate the creative industry. My name is Michael Tumlin, and you're listening to Creatively Brief. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm your host, Michael Tumlin, and I'm happy to welcome motion designer Kyle Harder to today's show. Hey, Kyle, how are you doing? Hey, Michael, I'm doing pretty good, man. It's a Friday, so can't complain. How about you? Can't complain with a Friday. I'm doing good. I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, We were talking a little bit before about how I I was trying to get plugged into the Orlando community a little bit more, and that's where I found you. Um, And then you came in on the the Calendly with a whole bunch of topics that I think are going to be really cool in the second half of today's episode. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good episode. Oh, definitely. And you were even mentioning, you know, going into like maybe a second episode or a different series. Yeah. I think the topics we're going to cover, and they're, you can get really deep into them that an hour doesn't do it justice. Right, right. And at that, we probably only have 30 minutes because that's only half the episode. So for sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in bringing some of this. It's cool stuff. So um, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for being here again. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Yeah, what do you got? So before we jump too deep into anything about your career, different things like that, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what it is that you do, and where you're at in your career right now? Yeah, totally. Um, So I'm Kyle Harder. I am a motion designer here in Orlando, Florida. Um, I've been in the industry, the creative industry in general, since uh, 2012, 2013. Uh, I'm a graduate of UCF, class of 2013. Go Knights. no nice charge on. Yeah. Um, I was a film major. Started out cool. Uh, and I graduated with a BA in film, and then uh, right after I graduated, I moved to Philadelphia a week after graduation. Wow. Just kind of a little bit on a whim, but I had a I had a roommate who needed or a friend who needed a roommate, and just jumped into the into the world. And yeah, I started out like kind of fast forwarding a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, editing, video editing, and film editing. That was like my go-to. I was freelancing at a few different studios, uh, getting my reps in, right. and then, uh, but also doing motion design at the same time. Yeah. And then uh, fast forward a little bit more to today, after a lot of different work experience and life experience, I'm now a motion designer at Digital Brew. Uh, we're a local Orlando studio who do, we do motion graphics, animation, design, live production, you name it. We're expanding those services every day. And uh, we, yeah, we take care of like big clients, small clients all around the world. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, little small micro story right there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, so when I was going through and making the script for today's episode, um, I saw that you were part of Digital Brew. And so I, I checked it out and that's my first time ever hearing about them, which I think uh-huh. is crazy because you guys have awesome work and like yeah. a ton of it. And like you said, you offer tons of services. And so like I was looking at it and I was like, this is crazy that I've never heard of this before, but you guys have really cool work. So I'm excited to dive into that. Uh, but I think it's really cool. You talk about being interested in like video editing or at least kind of starting there and then working your way into motion graphics. I'm very much interested in video myself. Um, obviously I'm a design major, so I'm not majoring in that. Uh, but like the idea of a short film is something that's always been really like attractive to me, those kinds of things. I want to do it. Um, I think I don't know enough yet yet to do it, <laughs> but I'm learning. And I think that's really cool. And then that kind of segue into motion design, I think is a really cool transition. 
Yeah, man. It's they both like kind of coexist and they interweave in the industry, like both in like especially in the commercial world. Like, yeah, you have all these live action commercials. There's very often, or sorry, it's not very often where motion design doesn't touch those. Whether right. it's maybe some VFX work or you know you have an animated lower third that's motion design. You know, right? So yeah, man, it's it's a really cool world, really vast, lots of opportunities out there. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then jumping back a little bit, what was your first introduction to, I guess it wouldn't be design, but motion design or video, or I guess whatever you would say kind of, uh, uh, pushed you into where you are today. What was your first introduction to that? Oh man. Uh, title sequences for movies. So yeah. the first one that I guess like really registers still sticks with me to today is the title sequence for catch me if you can. Oh yeah. Um, uh-huh. Uh, if you remember, it's like, you know, all illustrated, very like, right. these like Saul Bass style. So you have like, you know, the whole storyline of the fu- Tom Hanks, this character chasing the fugitive, Leo DiCaprio. And then ever since I saw that, I'm like, oh, there's more than just crazy 3D world. There's this whole 2D world that exists. Right. Uh, and someone makes that. Yeah. And, uh, I believe that, I forget the name, but it was like an Italian couple made that um, yeah, they made that title sequence, but it escapes me. But anyways, yeah. that, was, that was what really got me into it. But then, I don't know, I think I was like in high school. And then years later, uh, when I was going through editing, I realized, oh, there's graphics and commercials. But and I really liked that from that movie a while back. Let me try and explore this and learn this while I'm also learning video editing and film editing. So right. that's that's where that interest really started to take root. And yeah, yeah really populate from there. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you talked about that uh, intro sequence and uh, Saul Bass and all that. So we actually learn all about that in the design program at UCF. Um, so we have these PKs we have to do, these uh, Pesha Kushas. I said it in the last episode. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's <laughs> like a, basically you have uh, however many slides and they're all timed at 20 seconds and you have to like move through it so they're all the same length it's this whole like presentation style anyways and so we do that and uh one of the things is all on like Saul Bass and so that person gets to do a lot about like movie titles and all Mm -hmm. this different stuff so we dive into that and we actually had uh After Effects class we had to take one of them that was supposed to be motion graphics and uh we actually had a whole project that was Saul Bass inspired where we picked a movie and we got to make our own intro sequence for it um so I that it's very cool it's very and it's not something that I think on my own ever would have done but i look back at it and i'm like this was a lot of fun like it took a lot of work but it was really really cool right it's i mean i think it's pretty wild how you know people i guess when you're first starting out people think there's this world of design and then there's this world of you know video and animation right and i i think kind of takes them like that one little piece of work where they realize it intertwines and to be honest that stuff's been around since what the late 50s, early 60s. Saul yeah. Bass was actually, which you probably learned, was one of the pioneers of the title sequence. Right. Uh, really mixing design in there. And he's been an influence for me throughout my career, uh, creative career. So seeing that they're like teaching that at UCF right now, yeah. is like, it makes me even more proud of yeah. I went there. But yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and so then what does your process look like? Uh, and I guess by that, I'm asking uh, what programs you use, kind of where you start in your creative, uh, I guess, like process. And I, and I guess because you, I don't know how much all you work on. I should have asked this question in a different order, but um, whether you're doing, you know, video editing versus then making motion graphics would be different. So I guess more in the motion graphics realm, if you're making something that's more animated, um, what does your process look like? 
Totally. Um, I can probably give you like two like routes there. One of them yeah. is my day-to-day at Digital Brew. And uh-huh. the other one is when I'm freelancing on the side. Um, I guess I'll start with the freelancing because that's kind of the whole creative process in itself. Right. Being a one-person shop at that point. Yeah. So typical, it's like a typical creative process as a, you know, when you're a designer, uh, someone comes to you with a brief, hey, we have this problem we have to solve um, for this audience, this messaging um, you know, so and so forth, we're trying to do this thing. And so when that comes to me, I understand that as, okay, trying to communicate this, it needs to look like this. Usually there's a brand guide already in place. Right. Sometimes it's something like lower thirds, like title design, um, could be anything from like, you know, infographic type stuff of like animated maps and data, um, or like little web animated, like web icons, mm-hmm. uh, badges for apps and stuff like that. So Usually I'll take whatever kind of direction there. And um, and then from there, I think similar to a design of, uh, so you can see those two worlds are very <laughs> intertwined and that, you know, you're trying to figure out how the audience needs to feel. And so with that, I'm like, okay, this is the kind of motion that would like fit that, you know, some motion is probably more bouncy, more like traditional. Some of it's more exact geometric, um, you know, anything with like architects or right. geometry is really like that. And or some stuff is just like a lot of fun and artistic, uh, some more flourishes. So you add little accidents here and there. Um, so really, that's kind of like that process. I get in my head and like start planning out a little bit of always sketching, always thumbnailing, yeah. uh, just mapping it. I'm not a great drawer at all. Um, Me but either. I know how to communicate ideas. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I'll like thumbnail stuff out. And then I already have an idea of the timing uh, in a sense of like, okay, this has to happen over this VO and right. so forth. Um, or this has to be a five second logo animation. And so with those, I try and hit different beats, try and find, try and follow like a little three act structure. Right. Like, you know, bring it, like start, bring the audience in middle, you know, telling more of the story and then nice little punctuation to, um, I, I guess, yeah, as we kind of like wrap up the logo animation and, or whatever, you know, kind of project. You can right. Think of. Right. And then, yeah, and then from there it goes through the review process. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I know I shortened that whole production pipeline, but it's it's very similar to the whole design pipeline. Yeah, yeah, I know. As I was listening to that, I was like, that actually sounds really similar to like everyone I've talked to to kind of how I approach things. Um, and I think you you were talking earlier about how much there's like this overlap between you know video design, all these different like artistic fields. And I think that's a great example. Like so much of it is the same, and we all start from the same place with a creative brief, a client that's trying to do like X, Y, and Z, and we got to figure out how to make it happen. So it's just like it'd be like painting versus drawing. It's just like a different medium, but it's the same goal. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. You know, we're all trying to solve problems, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, we're being paid to do it or it's for like personal work. We're always just trying to solve some kind of problem. And that's like, that's what really kind of keeps me engaged. Like I like a really good challenge. So yeah. if, if there's not really a point to something or, yeah, I think a lot of times you'll feel, you find that out with freelance clients, if they don't know exactly what their problem is, if they just think they need a video right. for a video sake, you, you kind of need to dig a little bit deeper to find out what problem they're really trying to solve. So Right. Absolutely. And you, you kind of touched on this, uh, as you were walking us through your process. Um, but how much are you thinking about the animation versus just static images when you're first starting a project? So, um, I guess by that, I mean, you talk about thumbnails, right? How much are you thinking about like the visual aesthetic of it versus thinking about the animation as well in those like kind of beginning phases? Totally. Uh, and we were actually just going, reviewing this with our team earlier uh, this week at the yeah. Um, 
just kind of reinforcing how important it is to refer to the storyboards because you know in an animation process and as well as like live production you'll have a storyboard down no matter how rough or final it is ours are pretty much whenever we show a storyboard to a client that's what they expect to see they right. expect to see that style so with that with when i see those like static images i i immediately think okay there's a story happening in this frame whether it's something with just text and numbers different you know uh, balancing of design right or characters and other stuff like that like there's a story in there so you really have to think about, I guess, yeah, just like what's the story. And that really influences the animation. It influences how the technical aspect of how you set up an After Effects. And then also just, it kind of all just all happens at once in a way. I mean, right. there's of course a step-by-step -step process to like, you know, you get your files, you set them up and you've already planned them out and then you go from there. But it's, um, yeah, it's really just about finding what the story is and what the message is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. that makes sense. I tend to ramble, so. Oh, no, I do the exact same thing. I've had a couple episodes, I'll literally start talking, and like 15 minutes later, I'm like, I don't even know why I was saying all that, but yeah. I guess you just got a little story, so I totally feel that. Um, yeah, yeah, so then looking at uh, motion design, uh, one thing that really stood out to me, right? I was prepping for this episode. I'm looking at your website. Uh, your website was really cool. I was literally Thanks. sitting there. I was at Starbucks with my girlfriend. I was like, yo, this guy's website is animated. That's dope. Uh, so how, how can motion design be translated to the web and how does that process differ from something that's going to be put out as like a video? So when it comes to stuff like that, and this is, you know, diving into the whole other realm of UI UX, right. um, but what I try to think about with that, you know, I'm not a web designer. I just really like that stuff, but I just think about the end experience for anyone. Uh, very, it's actually very similar to, you know, live video animation, anything like that. You really want to think about the experience that the audience is going to go through, whether it's, again, commercial, personal work, passion projects, whatever. So I think about that too, you know, let's say if it's like, you know, my website, for example, mm -hmm. if, we're, if I'm animating a little icon, I don't, I want that to be, I don't want that to take all the attention. I want it to take as much attention as it was meant to do. Right. Um, sometimes there's little, little fun things in there that you like to include, but um you know, like in the top header of something of like a pages, you've probably seen on, uh, I think Facebook does it for the mobile app mm -hmm. and their, their top header, the Facebook logo will be animated kind of like how Google does their stuff too. Right. Right. It'll, it'll like, just like, you know, uh, momentary stuff like that. It'll happen, you know, every so often. So, um, that, so I guess with how motion design can be used for web, I mean, anything experience related, anything to kind of keep your attention, especially for like, you know, page loading screens. Right. You know, we've all seen the the dreaded like beach ball in, <laughs> in on the Mac. But yeah. you know, if someone can like find like a cool way to really they're been telling a story, like you're waiting. You might be kind of bored. Or, right. So they don't like, you know, disengage you. Like they add that extra animation in there. So um yeah, I find that sometimes people have a hard time registering why animation's important. And I think especially more now than ever with mobile and uh, like mobile, all the different screens and everything, it's more, it's just more important than ever to have everyone's attention. Yeah. Whether it's a bad thing or a good thing, it's up to, <laughs> that's up to the masses. But Yeah. Yeah. No, very cool. Very cool. Uh, and then transitioning a little bit over to your time at Digital Brew and sort of, uh, you know, what you're doing there. Um, what is your, like, I guess, official role at Digital Brew? What is sort of like your day-to-day -day look like there? Yeah, man. Um, so I'm an animator at Digital Brew. Uh, we have a really good, like, now it's expanding more than ever, uh, creative team. So 
uh, we have, I'm, so as an animator, I take, you know, all the assets that our illustrators make, um, after it's gone through this, you know, really long process of client approval of scripting, mood board, style frames, all this stuff. Right. Once that's approved and all prepped, I'll take all those files. And then, uh, so I guess I should back up a little bit saying, you know, Digital Brew, we specialize in explainers, explainer right. videos for clients for advertising. You know, there's obviously some educational, some instructional, um, some more like internal corporate work, but a lot of the more uh, creative work that's like, you know, the really cool stuff that you guys see those follow, those fall under like the explainer category right. a lot of times. Uh, sometimes it's just advertising, but it depends. Uh, yeah. So we just take that. We like, I guess, similar to uh, like live production, you have a script that you're trying to follow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing. We'll, we'll just, um, yeah, we'll animate the project. I'm trying to think about how deep to get into this process here, but <laughs> so yeah, so my day to day, kind of like touching on that, is uh-huh. you know coming to work at like nine thirty, and then depending on where I'm at in a project, uh, we usually have about like four to five days for animation uh, as like the sole animator, and then from that it goes to an internal review process. You know, with our uh, with our creative director, founder Michael Cardwell. Mm-hmm. We also have a, a producer and a project manager, so it goes through a lot of eyes, and we do a team meeting once a week where we have to get everyone's eyes on what they're currently working on to get feedback from, you know, an illustrator might see something that, you know, no one else saw. Right. Because they have, you know, we get all these different uh, creative perspectives. So um, it's a little bit of that. It's just like, you know, just a lot of hard work. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of hard work and it's very rewarding. But yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome too, to think about sort of the way that's broken up. Uh, like you were saying, you've got the producers, you've got the illustrators, you've got the animators and kind of each person being able to do one aspect as opposed to like maybe one person doing all of it. I think, like you said, it brings a lot of different perspectives. Um, and, and I think that's something that like in all my time in college, I feel like that's the biggest thing I've learned, right? Like they don't yeah. teach software at UCF. Uh, they teach more like the theory behind design. And then it's those like group critiques where I'm just sitting down with my colleagues and they're like, yo, uh, that color doesn't look good because it looks like this. I'm like, you know, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think having those perspectives is is big, but that sounds really cool. That sounds like that would be a really fun job. Like, honestly, um, yeah. I started my kind of creative... I guess I started middle school with design, but by the time I got to high school, I was doing uh, video production. And once yeah. I got there, I actually became like the head of the graphics team there. Um, yeah. Mind you, I look back at it and I'm like, I didn't know anything that I was doing, but I was like the only guy who liked After Effects. So that's that's what I did. But I, I like that stuff. I find it interesting. So that's very cool. All right. I'm, I'm kind of curious for you though. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're in that like group critique, especially still being in school, um, I mean, like what, how do you, what's that like for you? Because you know, you're around a lot of other people who, I guess, may feel, you know, unproven in a way, right. you know, being students. Like, you know, of course, still very talented, but I'm curious what that experience is like for you, because, um, I don't know, I think good ideas can kind of come from anywhere, regardless of experience, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um First of all, that's awesome. I love being asked questions. People don't ask me questions a lot, <laughs> but I, I enjoy getting to, like, spiel myself, so. um Yeah. But no, yeah, I I think uh, talking about, you know, people feeling unproven is a big thing. I think there's like two ends of people, at least in my experience, that there's the ones that are like, like, I think all of us have a sense of sort of like that imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Right. But I think there's two extremes to it where one end will be a little bit more confident in their critique that it's like, look, I understand that this is not about you. Um, And I think that's where I fall. Um, And then there's other people who maybe 
don't want to like hurt people's feelings. So they'll be like kind of nice about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I always try to do like, and I think, I think Victor even talked to us about this, but you know, you kind of want to say, you know, here's one strong thing about your, uh, your piece. Here's one thing I think you could improve. Uh, but overall you did good. So I tried to always kind of keep that model. Cause like, I don't want to make anybody like upset, but at the same yeah. time, like in the group critique, I'm like, well, we're here to get feedback. Um, so it was, and I think for the most part, uh, I got a lot of good feedback and a lot of times it would be in the more informal stuff that I'd get the best ideas. So like mm-hmm. I'd be sitting in the back row with my friends and we'd all just be talking and I'd show them and they'd be like, Hey, that looks like that. And it's like, I didn't ask them, but I was like, that's a really good place that I could like take this. Um, sure. so I, I think having them around was definitely super helpful. Um, and then I know like my senior, I'm like a super senior this year. It's my fifth year in college. So I'm finishing oh, nice. like electives. So my senior year in the design program, I was doing basically like my thesis project. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually at the start of COVID. So my semester got cut in half. And I remember right. feeling like it was way harder than I thought it was going to be working on my own because I couldn't get other people's eyes on it. Um, we right. didn't do as much group critique. Uh, so I think there's definitely a lot to be said for that. And and I found it very helpful. I'm very excited to be hopefully, uh, you know, starting a job where soon we can go in person and I can get that group critique again because I like feeding off people. There's so much to being in person that I took for granted like last year. Uh, yeah. We're in the office now, but we were out of the office. We were at home or half of us were at home for like almost three months. Yeah. And I just realized, I'm like, oh, we I don't have the same... I don't, I don't have that same dynamic as I did in person of being able to like, oh, someone can quickly show me something. Right. Yes, you can screen share, of course, but it's yeah. just not the same as being able to like see someone's eyes light up. You know, like, right. oh, they get something. So yeah, um, I I feel for you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I and I have to say, Victor did a great job navigating that too. He he made sure that we saw ways to get feedback and all that, and he was super understanding with the whole thing. So I'm lucky in that sense. Um, right. Definitely going to always be a big fan of UCF. I think the design program's awesome. Um, There's my little plug as I'm about to graduate. I'm not getting paid for it, I promise. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but so then going back to Digital Brew, uh, so like, how did you find yourself working there? What was sort of the, did you just apply for the job? They had something open. Did you maybe have a connection? How did you kind of get your foot in the door there? Oh man, that's part of the journey. So uh, so I've been at Digital Brew for about two and a half years now. Uh, I started at the very end of 2018 in December Mm -hmm. of that year. Um, backing up a little bit, I was living in Philadelphia, as I previously mentioned, right. until the end, like August 2017. Okay. A little bit of life experience, life exploration. I lived in Europe for four months on a very cool like, solo trip, trying to like find myself a little bit. Yeah. That was, I was at that, at that point, I was freelancing, doing video editing and animation. Right. And so it was through that trip I realized I just want to do animation and motion design. So I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And when I got, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, I came back to Orlando because, you know, UCF, I have a home base here. At that time, my parents were still in Jacksonville. So right. I needed that kind of familiarity to kind of regroup. Right. And so when I got back, there's um, this really great book in the motion design community. It's called uh, Freelance Manifesto. Okay. Uh, I think it'll apply to really anything and any kind of creative field, but there's like this community called School of Motion. You mm-hmm. know, really, maybe some people have heard of it. It's really focused on motion design. Yeah. And the uh, founder of it made this book because, you know, I created this book. He was went through this whole freelancing when he was younger and like talked about how to network with people. So I already had a network through that book. And uh, yeah, so anyways, got back. I reached out to a ton of people. 
and I'd heard of digital brew when I lived in Philly, but, mm -hmm. um, I just never really thought that I would work with them, uh, sent a couple DMS from time to time on Instagram, but just mostly just congratulating their work and stuff like right, that. Right. But I got back and, um, I found another guy in the uh, school of motion community and he knew someone at digital brew. He knew, uh, Michael Cardwell, our, uh, creative director and founder. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of gave me his email. I reached out saying, Hey, I'm a motion designer looking for, you know, to connect with people and, you know, would you have a meeting? So we had a meeting and to be honest, like for myself, my skills were not up to the par of where digital brew was. And right. I totally got that. Um, they just didn't have any roles open at that point. They were right. pretty uh, staffed, but even, you know, seeing what they were making and where my skill set was at, I realized, you know what, it, this is the goal. This is where I want to work and I'm going to work. I'm just going to work my butt off the whole year to like, to really get there. Right. So um, throughout that whole year, I freelanced at an agency in town and I worked at a different production company um, near, uh, near the attractions. Uh, mm -hmm. they, were, they were doing uh, like digital signage, a lot of event production, like all the, if you're at a big conference, you know, rest in peace, uh, <laughs> you know, all the, all the different cool visuals you see on screens, that's yeah. what they were doing. Very cool. Um, yeah. And so I was working there and then, you know, this is another thing I'd probably relate to students who uh, are getting into the freelancing role and networking is just, I would send uh, my boss like work, like freelance work I would do throughout the year. I'd just email him. I don't think he ever responded to be honest, but <laughs> which was fine. I mean, he's a busy guy. I never took yeah. him, but I kept on like doing that just so that they would remember me. You right. Know? Um, and then come November that year, I got a call by saying, Oh, we have a, vacancy for an animator are you interested in interviewing and i said hell yeah <laughs> so uh you know went through the interview process and yeah i've been there ever since that's awesome yeah you know and you hear those stories about people uh you know emailing them and and, and like you said like sending your work over and all that kind of stuff um I, I think what i thought was really interesting in that too it's something that i've kind of been thinking about a lot and i think it's in two different points of life so like at that point you had already had experience in the video world uh mm -hmm. where i'm like i'm coming fresh out of college kind of a thing but i do kind of have that feeling where like i'm kind of and i think that's the imposter syndrome which we may dig into a little bit later uh yeah. but since you mentioned it it's like i look at some of this stuff sometimes and i think to myself like I feel like like I, I was growing, right? Junior year, senior year, I'm like, wow, I'm starting to learn all this stuff. And then it almost feels like you plateau. And I'm kind of yeah. like, ah, oh. so I see these people and I'm like, I feel like I'm not there yet. And I, I keep thinking in my head and I keep, you know, I'm talking to my girlfriend, my family saying, you know, I think what I need to do is I need to find something that I can really sink my teeth in and maybe give myself a year to make some like huge project that's just like, you know, this is literally just because I like it and I want to do it with no one else involved obviously for critique, but no one, like right now, you know, when you do school stuff, it's like, you're always kind of designing for the professor or right. for the other students. Um, so how do you feel, I guess, how did you kind of navigate that? Cause you talked about taking time to say, this is the goal. This is where I want to be. So I'm going to work really hard to get there. Um, what did you do to kind of, I guess, get to that point? Oh man. Um, a lot. So it was really, uh, just about like setting, I guess, setting expectations and yeah, setting a standard for myself and really focusing on what I wanted to do. So if their kind of work, you know, with explainers and everything like that was something that I really wanted to do and get better at, right. I had to kind of like dissect what makes a great explainer, what makes great content. Um, how do I transfer my uh, skills of making professional videos through editing? How do I transfer that to like just solely animation? Right. And so 
it was a lot of like that kind of like discovery for myself. Uh, and also through that, I discovered just all the different applications of animation, or right. I guess motion design in this sense, you know, like we talked about like webs, apps, um, any kind of video that needs titles, um, any kind of like developing digital products that will use animation, uh, any kind of code, stuff like that. So yeah, it was really just a lot of like personal discovery going through that, you know, a lot of hard, <laughs> it was very hard, but um, something I'm, I also enjoyed a lot is that I reached out to other designers to animate their work. So very cool. Uh, Cause at that point I didn't have a, I was like, and still now I'm trying to like develop my design skills on the side. Yeah. Like I can, I can design to get things done, but I would love to be on the level of, you know, like the famous, like the famous Swiss designers, the famous German designers. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think we all want to be there. So yeah, that stuff really inspires me. So even though I'm, I know that's where my skills aren't that I know I can animate those things. So I would just find like little, uh, like one-off little projects I could do just to keep that fresh, that, and the networking skills, all those setting a deadline. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know, I guess it was just like kind of like a repetitive, like a routine kind of building up a routine Yeah. Uh, to just make work and make work that I was like proud of doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, there's so many different ways I think I could take that conversation, but yeah. Yeah. That, again, like I said, I feel like this entire, usually I have like uh, an outline for an episode uh, and there's some good stuff you can kind of sink your teeth in. And then you hit me with so many good things that I'm like, there's just not enough time to do all this. Um, right. So again, maybe that'll have to be a whole nother episode. Cause I think, I think that's an interesting conversation. I know for me personally, that's something I've really kind of been, uh, you know, thinking through lately. So uh, yeah. very cool. I appreciate that too. Yeah. Yeah. What, so like for you, like, what are you kind of I guess, are you given an idea of what you want to do that you like you're talking about potentially doing a year long project or, or right. whatever it is. Do you have an idea of what you're more leaning towards as you're wrapping up your education? Well, okay. So I know like layout is kind of my thing right now. Right. Nice. And the place that I have lined up after graduation, they do a lot of layout. I interned there before, so I know I like the company. Um, right. so that's awesome. And I'm happy to be there kind of a thing. I think some areas that like, like when I think about doing this year long project, like one of my ideas was like, why don't I rebrand like a huge company? Uh, but mm -hmm. rebrand as in not just the logo, but like do the logo, do all the collateral. And the first thing that popped into my head was Starbucks. Not so much yeah. the logo because I feel like that's already a pretty solid logo, but like the, uh, the packaging. I love Starbucks mm -hmm. coffee. I buy a lot of it. And I look at it, I'm like, y'all don't change your packaging that much. And they all kind of look the same. Um, they're all that kind of brown color. And I'm like, you know, I feel like from a design perspective, there's something cooler you could do. Um, so that is like an idea floating out there. Then I've also got a whole bunch of ideas for this podcast. Um, UI UX design is something that I think my style lends itself to, but that I've never cool. really gotten down. Um, so I think digging into that could be cool, especially because it's so... Like, I feel like it, it's up and coming. It's like, it's newer, but like a lot of people are starting to pay attention to the fact that that's important. Um, oh, yeah. So I think all that is kind of what's floating in my head. I haven't really landed on anything yet, but that's kind of, that's kind of where my head's at with it. Nice, man. I mean, it's cool that you have all those different thoughts too. Like, I think it'd be a little different if you were a little bit more lost, you know? Yeah. If you, if you just, you know, I think you kind of have the same syndrome that like, a lot of us do. We have so many ideas. Yeah. Like, like which, which one do I pick? Yeah, for sure. And so then looking at your time at Digital Brew, uh, can you kind of like pinpoint a project that you would say is maybe your favorite project that you've been able to work on? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of them, I don't know if I can talk about it yet. It's not okay. public. But uh, 
yeah, so in what, that's probably the more recent one I would say I'm most proud of. Uh, a lot of more recent work, I'm like, you know, I think I'm at that point in my career where it's like the next thing, not, you know, every, not everything you make is going to go in the portfolio. Right. You know, some things you, especially whether it's a company or for yourself or if you're freelancing, you got to pay the bills. Right. So, uh, and I think that's at any company too, it's like where whatever you see on their portfolio, that's 10% of what they do. Right. Um, the n- extra 90 is what keeps the building and the company running. Right. So um, with all that being said, I think a lot of the stuff I've made recently at work is uh, it's like, I feel like my best is just getting better. Yeah. So, uh, but I'll, but to answer your question, um, this piece I made or I animated last year, uh, we had one of our illustrators, Andrea Udeburuk. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher that. Uh, she's, um, she's a super talented illustrator at Digital Brew. And um, so anyway, she illustrated this um, explainer uh, for this company called Brain Trust, and we submitted it to the regional Emmys. We uh, compete in that every year, mm-hmm. um, and I we didn't win any this year, but I got my first nomination. That was pretty. That's cool. awesome! Congratulations! And then, thanks. And then uh, we submitted to the Addies, and I got my first Addy award. So I got a silver. Um, so and you know, I think everyone's different in how they view awards. Yeah. Um, in the industry, like me. I can take them or leave them. I think mm-hmm. they're really cool when they happen. Like I'm grateful um, for everyone involved, but it doesn't keep me motivated per se. It keeps right. that's just like a nice little like cherry on top. Yeah, but probably. I mean, that one's probably the one that's been the most, um, I guess, recognized. Yeah, uh, like, that you can actually measure. You know, right, right. There's there's probably been like a handful of other ones that I've worked on that are just like I've you know I've achieved something here. I got better at character animation or yeah. I got better at 3D or I told a really good story. I did some really great transitions. Um, you know, probably the one I worked on that I can't really talk about yet is uh, probably the one I'm like most proud of, but um, in due time, I think it'll get public. But yeah. It's, well, it's just for one of those giant tech companies that you can't yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you guys are listening to this episode, like super in the future, by the time it comes out, I'll put the link down below so you can check it out. But uh, if not, then I don't know, maybe put a reminder on your phone to check back every couple of weeks or something. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually it'll get in the podcast notes, but uh, that's cool. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about freelancing, self-education, mentoring, and a whole lot more. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> Welcome back everyone. So Kyle, I have kind of a lot of things I want to talk to you about now. So like I mentioned before, you know, you, you kind of threw out all these ideas you were interested in talking about, and I think there's a lot of really cool stuff. So I'm going to do my best. Uh, we've got roughly 30 minutes. I'm going to do my best to dig into this as best we can. And again, we'll probably just have to have you back on the show at some point to go through each of these individually. Um, but so let's start with, uh, freelancing and finances. I kind of put these together cause I think they're pretty intertwined. Okay. Um, but I guess what is your approach to finances? And I guess that would be with the angle of freelancing. Cause I know with the little bit I've done, uh, taxes get real funky real fast. Um, and I know that's something that my professor talks to us about a lot, different tips and tricks and stuff. So how do you kind of approach that? Yeah. So when it comes to, uh, finances on the uh, freelancing side, um, God, yeah, that's a vast topic because my perspective has changed over the years. Uh, yeah. My first recommendation is to, if you're going to freelance, live in Florida because there's no income tax. Okay. <laughs> so, and when I lived in Philly, I got taxed three times 
uh, on everything because wow. there's a they have state tax, they have a city tax for Philadelphia, and really, a and a self employment tax. Wow. So yeah, it's only wor- it's even worse than New York City. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind that Florida is great because you could freelance, you could remote freelance to New York City, San Francisco, it doesn't matter. As long as the work is done in Florida, that's right. where the taxes count. So, okay, um, or at least another state that doesn't have an income tax. Uh, yeah, is California has one, or is it Texas? I forget which one doesn't have one. But um, yeah, so that's like a big thing because that also plays a big factor in how much you charge, uh, which is an always an ongoing conversation. Right, you, know, you charge hourly, day rate, project rate, value based. Uh, you know, or do you get like stake in a company, you, you name it. But I mean, my approach it now, my approach whenever I freelance is because uh, I'm salaried at Digital Brew. Okay. Uh, when I freelance is uh, I only do like fixed rate projects now. Um, I like gone away from hourly because I started out as hourly and I was really worried about like, oh, like what's my hourly rate going to say about me? I don't want to say too little. I don't want right. to say too too much. I don't want to scare people away. Um, I was definitely approaching finances the same way as I was my freelance work. It was like right. someone who felt inferior and like who didn't really belong in the room, but was trying to prove that they did. Right. So now my approach to finances and freelancing is I belong in the room. I I feel like I'm proven, and to a point where the conversation. I'm someone's having a conversation with me about paying me to do work for them. So. I mean, with that in mind, I just, uh, yeah, I come back with a fixed rate. I find out a, a lot more about the project, like what it's going to take, what they're trying to do, what it's worth to them. Um, I wouldn't say I'm at a value-based pricing just yet, um, just because I don't have the capacity to do, to do so. Right. Uh, you know, I have the capacity to do like more one-off projects or very infrequent ones. Yeah. Um, you know, work-life balance is real. Please do yeah. it. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of like my big approach right now is like project rates. That's where it's at. Um, and luckily, we have a great community in Orlando and just in general, the creative community. They love talking about this. So yeah, if you ever have a question, find a community. The Orlando designers, I think, probably have some great insight. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's kind of like a little bit of a summary of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, like I said, I mean, taxes get weird. There's all that. And there's, there's all this tracking that has to go into it. It's so like one of the yeah. things, uh, whenever I, when I file taxes and I'm looking at it and I'm trying to think to myself, uh, okay, so I had these clients and I'm like, well, wait, was that this year or was that last year? Does that fit into it? And all that kind of stuff. And that's because I was so young and I wasn't doing like a whole lot of them that I wasn't really keeping track of it or anything. So do you have any, uh, I guess, tools or tips to maybe help, uh, keep track of it, uh, keep track of, you know, what you're going to have to pay in taxes, different things like that. Just anything that kind of helps you navigate all that. Oh yeah, totally. So, um, I guess from a methodology standpoint, uh, I believe if you Google it, like the Florida, however much the federal taxes in general, I think it's like 18% on income, maybe, maybe 17, um, of like whatever income you receive. So take that into into consideration. I usually always put, whenever I get a freelance check, I usually put back 20, 25%. Um, and you know, whenever, and you might already know this, but for people who don't, whenever you do freelance work for a client, you don't have to necessarily report it until you hit that $600 mark. Right. So, uh, you've probably heard that before. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if you're at 599 and below, um, you'll probably still get a 1099 or W-2, whatever. Uh, well, I guess W-2, they would actually, uh, yeah, yeah, or I get them mixed up, or the W-4, whichever one that you are taxed on. Mm-hmm. I think W, oh, W-2 is the 1099, that equivalent, that's right. W-4 is the, uh, is the other one, like the one that you're actually, I guess, employed in a sense. Right. So right. that's when they take uh, taxes out on. But for the 1099s, you'll have to sign one usually regardless um, at the end of the year. If it's like a one-off project, you, I don't know. I, w- I don't, okay, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> okay. The IRS is not someone you want to fuck with. So yeah. um, I wouldn't recommend, I would just like be careful, put that money aside. And cause I've gotten into trouble before where I've tried to like, oh, I don't need to um, save this tax money at the end of the year. Uh, and then I get hit with a bill and I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, so I've learned from those mistakes from when I was younger. And yeah, it's really just setting that money aside. Like yeah. Take that 20%, have a different account in your bank account, whatever. Um, preferably one that doesn't charge you money to maintain it. Yeah. Like bank of America. But, uh, <laughs> you know, put that money aside. Don't touch it. Like, don't touch it until tax time comes around. You know, all of your work that you do isn't done within that tax year. So we're in the tax year of 2021. So anything done from January 1st till December 31st, that's when you do your taxes for 2022. Like that's what accounts for that. Right. You know, even if you haven't done your taxes yet, like come March or April, you know, if you already freelancing like for that year, that applies to the next year. Don't sweat that. Right. Um, some other things to, and I guess tools, we're going to talk about that. Um, FreshBooks is one I've used a lot in the past. Okay. Um, we use it at Digital Brew just to track time for projects. We don't use it for finances, but um, for when I was free, when freelancing more often, um, yeah, that, that's great for invoicing because you can send invoices through it. You can get paid through that. Um, they FreshBooks does take a percentage though, so just keep that in mind and yeah. setting your rates. Uh, it's great for tracking clients and stuff like that, and uh, it'll generate. Uh, you can track your assets. You can track your spending, like if you bought software or for a project or you know if you're working on site you can track your receipts like you ate lunch there or something so uh, so that's a good one now i just do it by uh hand <laughs> you yeah. know i don't i can't justify the amount of work i have coming in now freelancing uh i don't it's hard to justify that with spending 20 something a month if i'm right. not gonna use fresh books for a month so uh yeah that one's key and uh, and I just go through TurboTax. You know, my my situation is pretty simple. Other, I used to I used an accountant in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used the one like three times. Great experience, but they charge like roughly three hundred bucks, right? Uh, Two hundred, three hundred dollars to do it. So if you're making enough to where it makes sense, especially if you're a solopreneur or a freelancer, great. But uh, just things to consider. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool. And like, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm still relatively new to that being a student, so I'm still kind of getting, getting the handle on it. So I have to check some of that out. Um, yeah. but yeah, for sure. And then transitioning a little bit into, uh, self-education. I thought this was a cool one that you mentioned you'd want to talk about. Yeah. Um, again, we kind of touched on it right before the end of the first half of this episode. Um, but I know that's something that's kind of repeated all the time with people on the show, uh, 
just anyone. I feel like you talk to anyone and it, they talk about how important education is uh, as a creative. Like you always have to be learning. The industry is always growing, uh, especially like, like I said, UI UX design is relatively fresh, right? So that's almost like there's this unpaved ground where people are able to kind of take these risks and do new things. And um, all that comes from that kind of place. Uh, so what tools or resources do you use uh, to keep learning new skills, keep learning new aspects of uh, what you're doing? Uh, yeah. What, what tools do you use for that? For sure. So if we're going to talk about, I guess, before we talk about tools, I think the most important thing is mindset. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we live in a world now where there's a new course popping up every day for something like yeah. typography, layout, composition. Oh, here's how you do this one cool thing in After Effects. Right. On Skillshare, whatever. So that there's just, so, there's so much content out there. It's way oversaturated. So when I talk about mindset, I think it's really important to just key in what you want to learn. And really, you kind of have to build a curriculum for yourself. So mm -hmm. um, especially in the past year, when I've gotten more and more into uh, 3D, like I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, a full like, 3D, like married by any means, but I'm implementing it more into my workflow at uh, Digital Brew. Right. Um, but, and I learned this through someone else. I forgot, I was, it was some video through uh, Maxon who makes Cinema 40. Okay, uh, yeah. Anyways, there's some video where someone said, make a spreadsheet uh made like a google sheet whatever and just you find tutorials or courses that you want like list them out you know just having like a reference a bank to pull from and then just track your progress like i think that's really key is you know if you watch a, a video or like an in-depth course or anything just track your progress because um one that'll kind of keep you in a structure and a routine but mm -hmm. really just being able to look back and see what you've like where you started versus where you end up now. Like mm -hmm. that's just a big kind of like validation and like ego boost because I think we kind of need that. We're the only ones kind of measuring our success at that point. So, right. and I guess, you know, if someone else, you know, hires us for work, but um, really just that, like, that's like the main thing is that and a lot, you have to do a lot of time every day to do it. Cause if you only do watch a video once or twice a week or you try and practice it once or twice a week, it's not going to stick. You're right. Gonna, forget things like life happens. So things get busy. Um, so really I say dedicate an hour a day, a focused hour, uh, find your time, whatever your me time is, right. you know, obviously you have to take care of yourself, exercise, eat healthy, um, just mentally do things you enjoy doing outside of work. Um, but dedicate an hour because it, that if you just get that every day, you don't need to go more than an hour. If you have more than an hour, if you just get lost in things, as long as other parts of your life don't suffer too much, right. You know, we'll have to sacrifice something. Um, then yeah, that's, that's been my biggest, uh, help because uh, I'm an early riser. So I'm doing that at like five in the morning and dang, uh, some people are late out night out in the morning. It's, it's what's helped me like, just yeah. have, like a balance, you know? So yeah. some people are lit night owls. That's great. Uh, just, just an hour, uh, tools though. I mean, all the, all the stuff out there, YouTube, of course, for sure. Um, School of motion is a big one in the motion design industry. Mm -hmm. uh, their courses are more expensive, like they're, but it's, uh, you can watch them at your own pace after you go through like sessions, like four times a year, like kind of like quarters in a way, the quarter yeah. system. but you, after you, you really after those sessions, you get like live critique from your TAs and community. That's cool. But you have access to the content forever. Right. It's invaluable. It's helped me just get structured in my life when I didn't really have one for yeah. becoming a motion designer. Um, that whole year of going from 
you know, living in Philadelphia to working at Digital Brew, that a year was kind of dedicated, was like really influenced by that community. Um, right. But of course, uh, LinkedIn Learning, you know, formerly Linda. Yep. Uh, if people don't know, I really hope they do, you can, you get the whole thing for free um, through your Orange County library card. Ooh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. It's just get a library card, which is also free. Um, yeah. Most, I don't know what different systems do in different states, but it's a common thing. You just go on the Orange County website, it'll, they'll put you through. You use your uh, login for your, uh, your credit, your, sorry, library card number mm-hmm. and whatever pen that you create for your card. Uh, yeah. And you get access to all the exercise files of everything, all the courses. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, man. And they no really idea. like upped from, I used to go through window back in the day to learn tools. Right now that's what they've always kind of been known for is just tools, like learning software pretty much. Uh, which that's why I know as much about after effects as I do today. But, yeah. Um, also but now it's more about, um, theory. They have a lot more theory stuff on there, a lot more deep dive, um, uh, sorry, like deep, deep dive focused uh, courses. Right. So finding a balance between practice and watching videos is, is really key. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that's about, and I guess, Oh, uh, the future. Uh, I, yeah. Might yeah, 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 absolutely. That, that one. I go to that all the time, their podcasts, their videos, just, uh, man, that's a wealth of knowledge that, yeah. like, I wish I could be Chris Doe, but <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I I get Linda through UCF. They give it to you for free. Um, yeah. And then um, I've always, I shouldn't say always, I act like I've like done it forever, but I like Skillshare. Um, yeah. I think Linda has, it seems like from the surface, again, I haven't really used it, but it seems like it maybe has more content out there. Um, and again, I also haven't been on Skillshare in years. So, um, but I, I think, and, and you talking about, you know, having to do, uh, you know, set aside that intentional time is something that's so important. Like I, I look at a lot of this stuff. I want to do 3d too. And I've been trying to learn blender. Um, nice. I had a class in Maya and that was great, except that it's not free. So now I got to relearn it all. Um, Man, so I'm trying. I, that's a, I think that's a topic for another time too, just to yeah. dive into the, the education system in itself. Like I get that they're trying to open people up to it. Like I love UCF and everything, but they're opening people up to Maya but kids can't afford my after school. Right. It's so right. expensive. But Blender, Blender's free. Right. Um, and there's a crazy amount of information online about Blender. So uh, that's, again, a whole different topic. Yeah. But, yeah. That's cool that you're diving into it because that's the, the node based uh, rendering is the future of 3D. So. Yeah. See, I don't even know that much about it. I didn't even know that it was that much different. So yeah. there you go. I'm learning something new every day. Uh, yeah. No, very cool though. Um, and so then transitioning a little bit into mentoring. Um, yeah. So my first question would just be, are you a mentor or do you have a mentor? Uh, I guess, which side of that you fall under and then how you kind of got into that situation. Totally. Yeah. So yes, I am a mentor and no, I do not have one currently. Cool. Uh, I've had one in the past, mm-hmm. um, but now my mentors are more my coworkers. Right. Um, so that's kind of where I get that insight from. And other colleagues in different parts of the creative industry that, uh, that are like close friends of mine. Uh-huh. But, um, now I, I started mentoring in the past three months or okay. two, two months. Uh, I reached out to a professor at UCF. Um, God, I hope I don't mess up his name, Matt Dombrowski or Dom- I was going to mention him earlier. He was my professor for after effects. Nice. Did I yeah. pronounce his name correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I've never met him in person. So come like January of this year, I think it was February. I started reaching out to different 
um, UCF people on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like I, I met Ron Boucher. Um, yep. I actually have him David. on the show in like two or three weeks from now, which is crazy. Oh, Super cool. nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really just really intelligent. Uh, I've met Vic a few times at AIGA yep. uh, events. And so I messaged them and they all kind of like pointed me in the general direction of Matt. Mm-hmm. And then I just, uh, I found him Yeah, and I just like messaged him and he said he had a few students that he could recommend. And, um, so I've been mentoring one, uh, just like throughout her last semester of UCF. Um, and she actually got an internship at a agency in Orlando called Big Eye. Um, oh, that's all as, I know about Big Eye. Yeah. Nice. As a motion graphics intern. So, um, she's like, you know, really well talent, really talented, uh, yeah. student, really like she's really developing as an artist and, you know, she's definitely at a point where, uh, I mean, she's done all the work. I've just been there to offer guidance. A lot of stuff I've talked about here, but also just about how to uh, conduct yourself in a work environment. Right. Uh, just what the industry has to offer, but also don't not to lose your soul at the same time. So, um, but yeah, so she's, she's done the work. Um, and yeah, she, she got the internship and she starts in a few weeks. So we keep in touch about once every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, she's wrapping up school just like you are. So we, we try to maintain uh, a consistent schedule like that. Um, and then one of her friends who was a, she graduated UCF last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's been a little bit out of the game a little bit, but um, uh, her friend referred me to her. And so started talking um, and I started thinking like, okay, this person really needs some structure and they have a desire to, to be mentored and to really right. learn. And so I, I said, I decided to take her on too, but like alternate weeks. So that one's, I guess, a different kind of project in itself of, uh, this person is me when I was 22. So, right. uh, so that's been a fun process to like really kind of catch someone up a lot. And, uh, and pretty much, you know, we're going in with the expectation of, I can't promise you that you're going to get employed in however many months or whatever. But I can tell you that if you put in the work, you'll see progress. So, right. uh, which is, yeah, so that whole dynamic is going really well. And uh, and uh, I think I mentioned it to Matt before uh, through LinkedIn that I'm open to, I think as, you know, I'll adjust my schedule as time comes, but I'm open to taking more mentors, um, especially in motion design um, and other, I guess, related fields, but uh, yeah. throughout three years. So it's, it's like a first come, first serve kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. yeah, And I want to, I want to make sure I touch on this again, too much to get into in one episode, but I want to touch on imposter syndrome again. I know we kind of talked about this, um, earlier a little bit, we were kind of getting into it a little bit and all that. Uh, but do you have any advice for someone to, uh, to combat that? You know, I think, like I said, coming out of college, you know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that. You know, I talk to a lot of people and I think everybody does, uh, you kind of get handed all this information and then they're like, okay, go do it. And now you're competing with people who've been in the industry for years and that that's a hard place to be. Um, so do you have any advice that kind of maybe helped you change your perspective around it or, or change your relationship with it? I mean, I think, <laughs> I think we're all still imposters, but yeah, uh, that that'll never go away. I think no, people who are incredibly experienced still feel it, but, um, the ways I've kind of combated it are just to think that I belong in the same room as someone else. Right. Um, like you said, you, you know, you can do all the, the preachy sayings you see on Instagram or whatever saying, don't compare yourself. Your art is your own art, all this right. stuff. But really it's, it's just believing that you belong in the room. Yeah. Now, whether your role in that room 
is to someone who's just to listen and just to learn mm-hmm. is that's kind of like, that's up to you. Like those roles will change throughout your life. So whether you're the person who's being the mentor, who's like giving advice and everything, or, you know, maybe you're a high achieving senior level person, or if you're just on your in, um, entry, uh, entry level position, yeah. you belong in the room. So, um, you know, you're going to feel inferior, you're going to feel weak, but, you know, just also surround yourself with other people who care. Um, that's been a big thing, and you know, developing that kind of compass for people who don't. So it's, yeah, I guess kind of to sum it up is just, you know, just believe that you belong in the room. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and before we wrap up today's show, if you had one piece of advice to give to any creative listening to the show, what would it be? Uh, I was thinking about this earlier too. Yeah. Um, trying not to, I don't want to sound too profound, but, uh, really just show up every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, whether it's, you know, you're going to be tired. Life's going to like punch you in the face. It's going to suck. But if you just show up every day with the intention of just getting just a little bit better, you know, some days are going to be better than others. Like that's just really key. Show up every day, listen, and just remember everyone's human. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, like I said, when we were critiquing, we were talking about critiquing earlier, like with your group and everything, just, right. um, yeah, just remember everyone's a human. At the end yeah, of absolutely. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up today's show, but where can everyone find your work, Kyle? Um, you can find it at digitalbrew.com. There's, uh, there's definitely a lot of my work on there. Uh, my website as well, kylemotion.com. Cool. Uh, Instagram, I don't post as much work on there as I maybe used to, but um, I don't know, maybe again someday, but yeah. those are the main places right now. Perfect. Uh, and as you guys know, uh, I'll have links to that and anything else from today's episode in the podcast notes below. So make sure to check that out. Uh, connect with Kyle, check out Digital Brew and all their work, all Kyle's work, really awesome stuff. So it's definitely worth the time. Uh, Kyle, a huge thank you again for being on the show. Um, I wish we had more time to dive into more of this, but like I said, we'll have you on another episode soon uh, and we'll, we'll get a little deeper into some of this, but thank you for, for spending your Friday afternoon with me. Yeah, and most definitely, Michael. No, thank you for having me. And oh man, I wish we had more time, but you know, yeah, just thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, thank you to everyone else for listening to this episode of Creatively Brief. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and follow us on social media at Creatively Brief. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.